God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God tell me? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that Jesus said we'd recognize his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. What does God promise us when we sign up to follow Jesus? I still remember as a young person dreaming of the future with such expectations for greatness. God was going to give us the desires of our heart. The future was so bright. Then the future hit, and it was full of disappointment. Death, sickness, loss, divorce. We felt attacked, let down, betrayed even. Did God fail us? Or was our disappointment due to misplaced expectations about what God had promised us in the first place? Hi, and welcome to episode 61 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and founder of God Conversations, a ministry that equips you to recognize and respond to God's voice. Today, we're talking about the issue of disappointment and what God is saying to us in the midst of it. To talk about it, we have a special guest. She's a preacher a prophet, a lecturer, and someone who knows how to hear God's voice. She's also a scholar who has thought a lot about these kind of questions for a long time. From Melbourne, Australia, welcome to the show, Reverend Dr. Lynn Moracy. Thanks, Tanya. Nice to be here. So good to have you in the midst of a difficult time down there in Melbourne, I believe. Yeah, we're in the middle of um, quite significant lockdowns. We've got curfews that go from um, 8 o'clock at night till 5 in the morning and we're actually not even allowed to leave home unless it's a medical emergency or to buy groceries. So, um, Such a difficult time. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. Yeah, and I think that's probably a bit of a theme of the year, isn't it? It seems such a good time to talk about disappointment and I know that you have thought a lot about this question. In fact, we were talking about it on the phone just last week because we faced a lot of um, cancellations. You were saying that you've just had a granddaughter, is that right? And you haven't even had a chance to see her yet. Yeah, it's been really tough. So our first granddaddy, our son's 32, and he and his wife have had a little granddaughter and um, she was born back in March, but we haven't had a chance to spend time with her yet, which is very disappointing because they don't actually live that far away, but we're only allowed to travel within a five-kilometre radius at the moment with the um, yeah. with the COVID restrictions. So, so yeah, lots of, lots of disappointments. I saw a T-shirt yesterday. I laughed and it said, um, you know, it was one of those, um, you know, ratings, like Google ratings, and it had 2020 and underneath it had one star, do not buy, terrible. <laughs> you know, I thought <laughs> it's so true. So true. Yeah. yeah, I just, I had, um, even this week, just had to cancel another trip. I was hoping to go to New Zealand next month yep. and um, had a couple of wonderful churches lined up and I was hoping that our Australian travel ban would be lifted and no. you know, cancelled no. again. So no. it's just... Feels very like, disappointing. Yeah, life is just being cancelled. But yeah. I, I think it is time as well, um, as we're all facing our own disappointments, to do a bit of soul searching and mm. to ask ourselves those kind of questions. God, how do we reconcile this? And 
I, I know we were talking about this, how much um, as young people we had looked forward to this idea. And I don't know about you, I, I, as a young person I thought if I followed God that everything would just be peachy or something. Falling into place. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like if you just if you just worship God and you prayed and you made the right choices, then yeah. off you would go, things would unfold. And then yes. doors would life, open and... Yeah. And, yep. Yeah, life would hit, and then life hit, and then everything, and then things went wrong. And I, I think I still get a bit shocked by it. And um, I think that what, what's so great is to talk to to you about it. You've lived as long as I have, perhaps a couple of years more. A few years longer. But, yep. <laughs> but you've also uh, done a lot of thinking about it. You're in you're in ministry, and you've spent a lot of time with people who know God. But you've also done some study, a doctorate on the topic. So. It's so great to have you on the show to talk about it. Yep, happy to be here. So um, tell us, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How does the Lynn Moracy story start? Um, well, I guess, you know, this podcast is around the prophetic, so I guess if I sort of um, focus a little bit in on that, I do remember from a very young age that I was always incredibly aware of God's presence and could um, sense and hear um, God's voice. I, I just thought that everyone was like that. You know, I would meet people even at a very young age. You know, I can remember at primary school meeting people and giving them a hug and knowing about them, just um, not knowing how I knew but knowing about them really? and having a having a sense of, um, you know, what was going on in their life. And it probably, I had a bit of a hiatus, a bit of a God hiatus, I guess, where I pretty much ignored God for, you know, a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a really profound experience of the Spirit when I was about 14 and everything changed. I, It was um, like a very strong supernatural experience. I was by myself. I was down the beach and um, it was 4 o'clock in the morning and I had this, um, I, I can remember lifting my hands because I thought that was a very dangerous, you know, very dangerous thing to do and, and saying, you know, God, if you're real, you need to do something. And I definitely had some kind of a supernatural experience and everything changed from that moment on but I had no framework for it. You know when you mm. you know when something happens but you don't understand it. So then I went on a bit of a search because I was in a quite a conservative kind of Baptist church where actually the pastor had said, you know, I'll never have any of that crazy charismatic stuff here in my church. So I I had to kind of look at Look, yeah, I kind of look at, look then out. here comes Lynn. Yeah. I sort of had to start to look elsewhere, but um, eventually we did um, move to a um, a Pentecostal church, and it was there, I guess, that I started to understand um, that what I had was um, a prophetic gift, really, and it was celebrated and it was encouraged, and um, I started to read and read. I went to every single prophetic conference and meeting I could go to and um, yeah I I eventually took up a position as a worship pastor and Mm -hmm. honestly honestly Tan I can remember feeling so in my element just thinking this is what I was born for you know I was um, you know wide-eyed bushy-tailed I was so happy fascinated like intrigued excited yeah like the world was my oyster. Do you remember those days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's also, I think, coming with that, there's that, that sense of the spectacular too because God seems so present when you are yes. hearing from God like that. Yes. And then yes. you see it. Yes. You just get this conviction, well, God is so real. 
and yeah. that uh, I, that gets me on a high. <laughs> I don't think like anything absolutely. else. Absolutely. And then yeah. you wake up the next morning and, and you know, everything goes wrong. So I call that I call I call that prophet's remorse. You know, when the spirit's on you and you're prophesying your little heart out and then the next day you go, Oh did I really say that? Oh I can't believe I really said oh, that. Tell us a good remorse. story, Lynn. Tell us one of those uh, moments. what's a good example of a God conversation that you had that that gives you goosebumps even today? Oh gosh. Um well I do remember um it's a, it is this this particular story is a while ago and it was early on in my um, ministry days when I kind of hadn't done a lot of external ministry and um, I'd been asked to speak at a conference on the Holy Spirit because my area of study um, back then was in um, pneumatology pneuma meaning spirit ontology mm-hmm. as in the study of the spirit and um, and so I was asked to speak at this conference on um, the Holy Spirit and I remember turning up there and uh, the week or so beforehand I've been doing this experiment where I've been spending um, significant amounts of time in prayer trying to discover what prayer was what prayer mm. looked like in a in a, an extended period and um, so I would you know pray and I would sit in silence and I would do various things for a few a, but significant amounts of time anyway I turned up to this meeting and um, said stood there and said um, you know we're going to read from the book of Ezekiel and we started to read about the river of God and suddenly all the way across the auditorium there were quite a few um, like a couple of thousand people there um, all across the auditorium people just um, started crying and I couldn't speak nothing would come out and this had never happened to me before obviously I mm-hmm, can talk under mm-hmm. wet cement and um, so I'm staring in this room nothing would come out for about 20 minutes I couldn't speak and there was just this incredible presence of God in the room and I can remember people all sort of looking around and nobody uh, people getting out of their seats and kneeling on the ground and it was just a, a weird experience that I hadn't encountered before anyway finally I could speak and I just said oh you know it's just that um it's just the presence of God let's stand in the presence of God which was done because then people kind of started falling all around the building and <laughs> and again I was more shocked than everybody else because I've not seen this in my own ministry before and all over the building people were falling over and and there was one lady towards the middle of the room who said you know what's happening she was like a bit bit scared and I just lifted my hand and said oh you know it's just the presence of God and as I lifted my hand she literally flew backwards and I I kind of screamed and she screamed and then everyone looked at me as if it was something that I had done and I knew that it had absolutely nothing to do with me I knew like it wasn't it had never happened before it was this incredible just um, you know God ordained moment and that was then when the prophetic kicked in and I can remember speaking to one lady and saying you know last night you had a conversation with your husband and um, you were talking about your trip to Israel and you've got tickets and they're stamped the 2nd of September, I can still remember that, um, and they're in the top right-hand drawer of your dresser and, you know, when you get to Israel, someone's going to... Like, it was just stuff that there's no way I could ever have known. And yeah, I was so shocked by what was happening. And um, anyway, afterwards, I remember it, it, the meeting went for about three hours and afterwards I went back to the car and I sat in the car and just put my head on the steering wheel and just wept and said, you know, God, what was that about? Like, what happened there? And I felt very strongly the Spirit of God just say to me, that's what comes from ministering from a foundation of prayer. So 
not so much the fact that I had to pray in order for that to happen, but I was in a place where I was much more sensitive to um, God's spirit and more sensitive to the movement of spirit. And mm. it was just an incredibly profound time. But I do remember the next day thinking, oh, my goodness, what was that about? It was yeah. quite... Yeah, pretty full on. What would be fascinating is to go around to everyone in the room and say what was happening for you right now. What was the result of that? I imagine people yeah. getting healed and things being resolved and God speaking yeah. all over yeah. the place. It's quite yeah. profound, isn't it? Yeah. So you have you've been in ministry now for quite a while. You um, just to give a bit of a picture of what you do, you are a lecturer at a college in Melbourne, is that correct? Yeah, the University of Divinity at Mel- in um, in Melbourne, Victoria. So yeah. I lecture in um, pastoral theology. And you travel and speak a little bit like me around the world. Yeah. And you've met a lot of people, I think, in life is, is probably a fair thing to say, and you've had these incredible highs, but then you've had some lows as well. And um, years down the track, we're talking about this question of disappointment. Yeah. Um, what does that look like for you? Um, well, I guess if I go back to my story a little bit and um, sort of pick up where I was in this incredible sweet spot where I felt like everything that had, you know, all the words of encouragement and prophetic um, words of exhortation that had been given to me had all kind of culminated in this one space where I was on staff in a church as a worship pastor and loving life and it was at that point that the wheels um, fell off and um, I would have been at the time about 35, I guess, um, and we had a visiting prophet and so mm-hmm. this also feeds into my story about, you know, the prophetic and where I sit on the um, on the actual um, action of the prophetic in the church. So anyway, we had a, a, a visiting prophet from the United States come to our church and even though I was an established pastoral leader at the time, um, he called me out the front in front of the whole of the church and suggested that I should go home and look after my children and my husband should take up a ministry position. Um, he actually prophesied um, to to me and to everyone, you know, this woman has a, sig- a significant uh, prophetic call on her life, but God never places an anointing on a wife without a greater anointing on the husband. Now, I have no idea where he got that from. He clearly, you know, pulled pulled it from somewhere in the back of his brain. But anyway, at the time... I mean, he was this important prophet from the United States and I, you know, so it really threw me because my husband was a builder or still is a builder and didn't have um, a vocational call to ministry inside the four walls of the church. And so honestly, Tan, it really confused and um, left us really uh, perplexed is a good word, perplexed and confused because we, both of us, had thought that we were called but this threw everything into disarray. We ended up leaving the church and I thought, you know, this is the end um, but it probably pushed me into, well, it didn't probably, it did push me into doing some formal study and it began my journey, you know, my undergraduate degree and my master's and then my doctorate um, in really trying to seek out the, the truth of what, God says and who God is rather than just what people have told us. Mm. Um, mm. I think a lot of us um, carry around what we, we call embedded theology or you know theology that's so deeply embedded in us um, that we think it's truth but we've never really held it up to the light and mm. often when we 
when we do that, when we hold it up to the light, we go, hang on a minute, did, I, I'm not sure that that was God. I think that was probably culture. I think that was probably mm. tradition. Mm. And um, so anyway, I think um, the disappointment was so huge and um, it, yeah, it I can imagine those, that would have been heartbreaking to challenge your ministry call, having seen so much fruit and then someone tells you, oh, I'm sorry, that's not valid. Exactly. Exactly, but it did also show me that pattern, you know, that pattern of every prophetic minister, which is we're called and then our call is challenged and we wrestle with the calling and then God reinstates us. I yeah. think if you look through scripture, that's a very clear, you know, um, Joshua or Daniel, Elijah, I mean, Elijah, Peter, you look at even Peter, you know, and he, he felt called, you know, I'll never leave you, I'll never leave you. Then he betrays Jesus and then yeah. he's reinstated. It's it definitely is a prophetic pattern, and um, but I probably didn't have the framework for that. And um, I, I think yeah. that, and I, I think it's true for people in ministry. I also think it's true for people in life. You often have these moments with God where you feel like God has spoken to you about the future, or perhaps you get the sense of vision and hope, and yep. it's planted inside of you, and then everything reverses. Everything yes. goes wrong, and yes. I think that was a massive source of confusion for me. I know that in the in the early days, and then as you said, it's a pattern. It often happens that way, and I think that when God speaks or gives us vision, then the enemy often comes in and attacks it, and what that looks like is very different. But it feels like a testing, and if we yes. continue to walk it through, then it comes out. Uh, far stronger because the conviction is now there. Yeah, well, I often um, describe it as, you know, when God gives you the word, he sort of plants the word like the seed of the oak yeah. tree, but there's quite, a, there's quite a journey between that seed, that, that, that word that is planted. When that seed's planted, everything for the tree is already in the seed. It's all ready to go. Everything's there, but it has to weather the storm. It has to grow. It has to develop. Mm. And that space between planting the seed and actually seeing the tree in its fullness, that, that bit in between is called frustration and it's called disappointment. And there's also joy in there. Um, but I think often we think, you know, God's spoken it, therefore it's going to come to pass and nothing will stand in our way. And that simply isn't the case in reality. So true. Yeah. We're talking with the Reverend Dr. Lynn Morosi today on the topic of disappointment how to survive it and how to see the promise of God through it all. Back with you in a moment. Have you ever had a dream that's left you wondering, where did that come from? The vivid scenes you woke up with linger a bit longer than normal. They touch your spirit and they seem relevant, though you're not quite sure how. We know that God speaks, but what we don't often know is that one of his most common methods of speaking is in dreams. I speak in a dream or a vision of the night, he says in the book of Numbers. The problem is, we don't always recognise it. We don't know if it's God, and because dreams often speak a symbolic language, we don't always know what it means. The Awaken Your Dreams CD pack is designed to give you a comprehensive teaching on this creative form of God's communication. Delivered as a seminar in countries all over the world, the three-part series will take you through the biblical basis for God speaking in this way. It will give you an easy-to-use framework for understanding your dreams and how to interpret the symbols in them. You can purchase it online at thegodconversations.com store. 
the promise of Acts chapter 2 verse 17 is that by His Spirit, all God's people will be able to hear His voice through visions and dreams. God may be speaking to you in the night and it's time to be awake to the messages He's sending. Welcome back to God Conversations with Tanya Harris. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Lynn Moretti today about the question of disappointment. What does God promise us for our lives? And what do we do when things seem to go wrong and our expectations aren't met? Well, Lynn is an incredible ministry. She's a prophet, someone who is what I often call an expert in hearing God's voice. And so she's faced the storms of life and also had a very close ear to what God is speaking to her about. Lynn, we've been talking about disappointment and what God promises for our lives. And you've walked with God for a long time. How have you dealt with the disappointments that you've faced? Um, I think I've hung on by my fingernails. I, 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 um, I think disappointment uh, comes at the root of really our levels of expectations. And I think once we start to um, stop and take a breath, uh, sit and really listen to God and say, what What did you really say? How much of mm, how much of what I'm expecting? True. How much of what I'm, I'm expecting is is you? And how much of it is um, what society tells us? What um, you know? What what I want for my life? Um, a friend of mine sent me a um, like a clip from uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and she was being interviewed by. Eddie McGuire, who's one of our presenters here in Australia, and he said, oh, um, tell us about yourself. And she said, oh, I'm a singer and I'm, I'm a speaker and I'm a, an entertainer. And he said, oh, could you sing something for us? And she stood up to sing and, oh, my goodness, she could not sing a note in tune. Um, but she obviously, had this, she, she obviously had this dream that she was a great singer or, or someone had told her that she was or whatever, but um, she just wasn't. And I think sometimes... In our Christian walks, we've been in church and we've heard a lot of people say a lot of things that sound good, but they're not necessarily, um, you know, from the heart of God. And we yeah. we we take them on, and you know, we go, you, you know, the favor of God. You know, like I have the favor of God. Well, what does that really mean? And yeah. God wants you to be wealthy. Well, does He? God wants you to be happy. Well, well, does He? Um, and stopping to ask some of those questions. I think it's so true, isn't it? Because uh, disappointment comes from um, let down expectations. But the question is, well, what should our expectations about what God promised us in the first place be? I, I talked to a lot of people. In fact, I remember um, preaching a sermon at a conference, how to see your dream come true. It was something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I talked about how God's promises had come to pass in my life in terms of my ministry and you know, I, I have a funny story where as a young person, all I wanted to do was go to Switzerland. And my very first ministry trip, God said, I want you to go to Switzerland. And since then, I've ended up going there every year and preaching and then skiing. It's just like this dream come true. And it makes such a good story and sermon. But, but then afterwards, we had a panel and it was a women's conference. So we were being extra honest. And the, the host said to me, well, how have you coped, you know, not getting married, being single? Yeah. And most of the people who know me know that it's not my choice. And I actually wanted a family. 
and um, desperately wanted children. It's the only thing I could ever dream of. And I remember saying, oh, well, that's one area of my dream didn't come true, isn't it? Yeah. And I remember afterwards, and I was just being very honest about it, and afterwards the woman came up to me, she gave me this massive hug and said, thank you so much for that because what you shared is so true. Where did we get that idea that every life is going to look like the perfect white picket fence. Somehow we've got this idea about what has God promised us in the first place. And, you know, as it turns out, God has promised me some beautiful things and some of those things I'm still waiting for. So it's okay if there's delays in it. But at the same time, just because we sign up to follow Jesus, it doesn't mean it's going to be my dream, does it? Like what is it? No, well, what is the dream? Jesus did say that um, you know you, that he's come to give us life and life in its fullness. What does that What does that mean? I mean the word or abundance. The word um, perisos, which is mean, actually means all round or all encompassing. So I think if we if we look at that, um, it, I, I don't think we were ever promised that our life would be the sort of thing that our culture teaches us, which is like yeah. happiness. You know, we, everyone wants to be happy and it's that happiness is so superficial and fleeting. And I don't know, um, God does promise us um, joy. Um, God does promise us a life that has purpose. Um, but I think this idea of um, chasing chasing perfection and then turning and then saying this is what God has told me like I'm Mm. so tired of people saying I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that and I just I mean lovingly (laughs) want to say well that's just putting religious terms onto something that you want like I want this and so I'm believing for it and think that if I believe for it and put religious and prayer based language around it that somehow that's going to make Mm. it okay and legitimize it when I like what you've said that we've sort of taken on the attributes of our culture because that's, yes. what, that's what our culture defines as a great life. Whereas a successful life in the kingdom mindset looks like someone who knows how to love well, someone who can forgive their enemies, someone who can serve everyone, Correct. someone who has the fruit of contentment regardless of whether I have much or whether I have nothing. Yes. And those kinds of measures are all from the inside out, aren't they? Oh, it's funny that you say that because I don't know if you've seen the movie Inside Out, but it's a it's a young <laughs> you it's like, a young kids movie. Yes, I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't use, seen it. I have heard about it. I use a lot of movies in my preaching and stuff. I do use a lot of media, and um, I love that movie Inside Out. It's about a little it's a cartoon, but it's about a little girl who's trying to wrestle with called Riley, who wrestled with her emotions of joy, sadness, fear, um, anger. And and the whole the theme of the movie is the fact that you can't really enjoy joy, enjoy joy unless you have experienced sadness. And because um, they're two sides of the same coin. And you, you can't otherwise, if, if the only way we live is in this la-la, you know, everything is awesome, everything is great when you're part of a team, you know, from the, the Lego movie, if we're living in that space, we are just basically shallow and superficial. There's no, there's no depth. There's no groundedness. And when, um, you know, Jesus said, you will have problems in this world. You will, but I have overcome them. So what Jesus is saying is that um, it, 
spirit will walk with us, spirit will guide us, spirit will strengthen us, spirit will be with us in every situation. But those situations will be dark and light. They will be um, happy times. They will be times of sorrow and loss and suffering. Mm-hmm. And that that's what creates a rounded human being. You know, I think I think one of the things I realised the way that helps me conceive it is that we live in this tension of we think we're in heaven (laughs) like Jesus came to achieve victory on the cross but the kingdom has come but it's not come in fullness and so we still live in a battleground and that there are casualties of war in other words things go wrong people commit evil deeds um the it isn't it is a real enemy out there and so as a as a Christian I'm following Jesus I'm having faith I'm positioned with hope and vision for the future but at the same time I'm also facing a lot of um, enemies if you like and therefore I you know there are casualties of war we have the consequences of that so in the midst of that how we called to live what about someone um, Lynn who's facing disappointment right now for whatever reason and we have plenty of reasons probably in the middle of a pandemic to be disappointed what advice would you give them? Um, uh, honestly, I would. Um, I'm. I work as a spiritual director and spend quite a lot of time journeying with people who, um, quite frankly, are in a space where um, they feel like God's presence has is quite absent from their life. And I would say that the key to moving through those seasons is to be really kind to yourself. Um, first of all, to be to be really honest with your emotions, um, like God's big. There's a there's a scripture in Isaiah one where God says to him, "Come, come, let's argue this out." So, you know, taking time to actually be honest with God and argue it out and say, "Look, God, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling really disappointed. I can't believe you allowed this to happen to me. I thought that this, and I thought this, and I thought this." And to be actually um, to be honest with your emotions, um, to Adjust your expectations. I think it's really important to stop and say, um, you know, Lord, what have you promised me? Get get afresh from that rather than what you think um, you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to take time to be kind to yourself and to realise that um, when we face disappointment, it is a loss and it is a grief. So we are losing and grieving something that we thought we were going to have. You know, it can be like in your case, you know, there is a time when you would have had to grieve and perhaps still are grieving the fact that you weren't able to have a family. And that's real. And that's honest to say there is a grief there and this is a wound that I walk with. Not everything has to be happy and and smoothed over it's those wounds um, that become places where other people can also um, gain understanding and healing they become places where spirit can move and flow yeah. through us I love so, the, the pattern of the Bible in that the book of Lamentations for example there's plenty of lamenting and allowing yes. themselves to to express their true emotion before God I think that's yeah. really important yeah and then I think um, it usually when when we have um, a shift like this and there's a disappointment or our expectations are changed or spirit leads us in a different direction and there is a sense of loss or a sense of disappointment, 
Um, we are a bit raw, we are a bit sensitive and so sitting with spirit and not being too hard on ourselves. Um, the, the, the atmosphere of drawing near to God is in our longing and I think it's important to recognise that sometimes when we're feeling a bit broken, when we're feeling a bit vulnerable, that all we can do is come to God and say, here I am, Lord, like I'm here. And so taking the pressure off having to do and having to be and allowing spirit to carry us through those seasons is incredibly important. Mm. Um, and not being, yeah, and just not being too hard on ourselves, you know, letting go of all those shoulds and all, I should be reading the Bible, I should be praying, I should be doing yeah. this. And letting go of that and allowing spirit to hold us and carry us through those times of loss and disappointment. Mm. I think um, for me, I've always loved that scene of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane where he um, pours out this emotion and all of what goes with that in that time of darkness. And yet then he comes to the end of that and he says, but not my will, but yours be done and comes yes. to this place of surrender. And I yes. I think that's so true. With disappointment, then we have an opportunity where we go to a different level of surrender to God. And you, you never have to surrender your faith in what God can do because he's the ultimate um, loving person who overcomes and rises from the ashes but you do need to let go of how you think that's going to unfold I think uh, and yeah. say whatever God whether whether you do or you don't not my will but yours be done and I think that's a beautiful pattern for handling disappointment it's a fail-safe one because when you get to the side you see how beautifully God resurrects any disappointment great to have you on the show today don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too.